the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Ron Geyer Roofing. The Bible describes events that will mark the last days, or end times. 2 Timothy 3.1 says, This know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. Matthew 24.44 tells us, Therefore you must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not expect Him. Bible teacher Ron Geyer leads us through Scripture that will help us to remain strong in the Lord. End Time Insights with Bible teacher Ron Geyer starts now. Hi, family. Ron Geyer and Time Insights, thank you so much for listening. I actually got somebody driving back the other night from Oregon, and they called me, Ron, we're listening to your show. I got all excited. That's good. That's seven people that I know listen, so hallelujah. (laughs) I want to talk to you today about God in America, and there's a question mark at the end of that. Uh, You know, we're involved in our intercessory prayer group in church before service. There's anywhere from six to 12 people there. We have a good time. I love it. I love prayer. I love praying with other people. You know, it's like sitting down with family at the dinner table and God's there. And, you know, you're talking, you're exchanging ideas, you're reading about his instructions. And it's just a wonderful time for me personally. I really enjoy it. Uh, But my pastor, Mary Jean, had mentioned that uh, she was wondering why the fact that the church has not been able to take authority over the disease. And it was an interesting point. It's an interesting question. I think I know why, but I didn't offer that. And somebody else mentioned the fact that that the problem now isn't so much the disease. It's our reaction and our response and the fear to it right now. And that's what is giving America a hard time, just the out-of-control response to it that are just not in proportion to the dangers from the disease. And that's what we're battling through. And I had mentioned last week, we talked about fear last week, and uh, that fear was not a bad thing. Actually, fear, there's a good side to fear, and the goodness or the badness of fear was predicated on who and what were you fearing. Uh, Time after time after time, we are told we are to fear the Lord, and that connotates an awesome reverential respect that includes a dread. He's God, and we're not. We need to remember that. And I did a post last week that America's problem, we pretty much thought we put our finger on it. You know, there's a church on every corner in America. There's a Bible in every home. There's a radio stations that preach the Word of God. There's televisions. There's Bible stores, bookstores. I mean, we are not unfamiliar with God. We know about Jesus Christ. We have an understanding of the gospel. And so America's problem may not be like a problem in the further regions of India or Asia somewhere. America's problems are not that we don't know God. America's problem is that we have rejected God. And that's what's happening in America. And you look at that because you know, the world has rejected God. That's obvious by the actions that the world is taking right now. They're moved by the spirit of fear. They promote the spirit of fear. The media in America is lying to you. The politicians, I don't know, I could probably count them on two hands, the number of politicians that I would say I would trust. And there's just deception running rampant. The world has rejected God. I can say that by their actions. That's beyond debate. 
And yet the church, too, has rejected God. Whereas the world has rejected God by their actions, the church has rejected God by our inaction, by our inactivity. We don't act like we know God. And Jesus made the comment that, uh, you know, why are you calling yourself Christians? Why are you telling me that I'm Lord when you're not doing the things that I told you to do? And that is a scathing rebuke of the church. And he told us what to do. It's written in the Bible. You know, we go around with this WWJD. What would Jesus do? Well, he would do what he told us to do. He'd do what he said he would do. He would do what he did when he was on the earth. And all of that is recorded in the Bible. We shouldn't have any questions. You know, some people think that this coronavirus is a judgment of God. It could be. And they say, well, you know, the devil came to steal and kill and to destroy. Therefore, it's from Satan. Some people think that anything that instills fear in you is of the devil. It can't be God because that's not who God is. And both of those are false statements. You know, God killed 70,000 at one point in the Old Testament. God wiped out 21,000 who followed Balaam, uh, leaders of Israel in the New Testament, sons of Korah, I forget the number, 22,000, 26,000, 30,000. The earth swallowed them up. Ananias and Sapphira were destroyed by God when they lied to the Holy Spirit of God. If you read the seven books, the Revelation 1 and 2 in the uh, book of Revelation, You'll see that when God judges somebody, he deals with them finality. After we have rejected him time and time and time and time again through intermediate judgments that he's placed upon, remedial judgments he's placed upon us through not listening to the prophets, not following the word of God. At some point, he loses patience and he just says, that's it. And we have to reap that. You know, America, any nation, the world, we would annihilate ourselves if God allowed it. That's why he sends the rebukes, the chastisements, the judgments upon us because he wants to correct us. There's a difference between judgments which correct and judgments which condemn. And that is not what God is doing. He is correcting us. We are off course. We are out of order. And that's why we do our ministry all the time. We are trying to warn you guys. And we read a scripture, I think it was in Ezekiel last month or so, where Ezekiel, God said, I don't want you to warn them anymore. I want you to announce this decree. I'm going to destroy Jerusalem. He didn't send the prophet to warn them like most Jeremiah and Isaiah and others do. He sent the prophet to announce the decree to proclaim that God was about to destroy Jerusalem. And he did. And he used Nebuchadnezzar to do it. But he did it. And there just comes a point when God just says, I can't do this anymore. I need your attention. You must pay attention to me. And let me ask you a question. You know, well, let me give you the scripture first. Hosea 4, 6. We misquote it or we don't finish it all the time. And we, we quote the first part of it, but we neglect to finish it and keep it in context and see what is God really saying. Let's see. I had it right here. I know the scripture, but I want to read it to you. Uh, Hosea 4, 6. There it is. Okay. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Everybody has heard that. And when you read that scripture... And you leave it right there. You would think that God's telling you that knowledge isn't available to the church. Read on. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And then he says, because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee. And you shall be no longer a priest to me, seeing that you have forgotten the law of thy God. And then there's more P.S. I will also forget your children. Now, I'm trying to make a case. I think God has removed his hand from America. I'm sorry. Uh, He didn't want to do it. His first move towards us is always grace and salvation. And uh, yet we have just spit in the face of God over and over. And let me 
ask you these questions here. Do you think that Father God is still protecting America's children? Don't forget, he said right there in Hosea, if you will reject me, then I'm going to reject you. You will not be priests to me anymore, and I will also forget your children. Do you really think that God, this is what God's protection of our children looks like? 60 million children taken out of their mother's womb piece by piece and aborted when they weren't poisoned? Mm. What about the pedophilia that the Washington elite are trying to legalize now? What about the child trafficking? What about our school children? They get murdered by the dozens. I mean, does that look like the protective hands of God? Is that the God of the Bible that you know? To me, that looks like the God that has removed his hand of protection. That looks like a fulfillment of what God told the Israel priest that my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because you have rejected knowledge. I'm also going to reject you. You shall no longer be priests or ministers or shepherds to me, seeing that you have forgotten the law of your God. And I will also forget your children. I think it's obvious that God's hand of protection is no longer on our children in America. I dare you. I challenge you. Anybody, make a case for me. Go ahead. Make a case. Tell me why you think God's hand of protection is on our children. I see that as a fulfillment of that scripture. I told you, America's problems last week. We've got churches everywhere. It's not that we don't know Jesus. We know him and we have rejected him. And that's what's happening back to us in America right now. We are being rejected by God. And that's why we preach to you the warnings that come with the judgments, because status quo isn't going to cut it. We're going worse and worse. America, our freedoms are being taken from us. You wake up every morning and some governor has done something else to deny you your constitutional rights. By the way, We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, right? And we have life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That stuff wasn't promised us by our government. We didn't get that when we established our government in 1776. We got that when we got born again. These rights, these inalienable rights, they are given us by God, the creator. Our government is just on board to help protect those rights, to make sure that they don't get violated. And now, because America has rejected God wholesale... Jesus said, why do you call me Lord and do not the things that I've told you to do? Because that is our normal rather than doing the things of God, because the church is in the minority, because the church through its inactivity is no longer speaking for God. God has to speak for himself. So he uses judgments. What we in the church do, we we try to blame all this stuff on Satan when it's God that's trying to get our attention. No wonder we don't get answers to our prayer. Speaking of prayer, oh boy. You know, I read my Bible, and I try to read, if it's uh, uh, July 1st, I read July 1st Proverbs, the Proverbs 1. If it's July 10th, I read Proverbs 10. If it's uh, July 20th, I read Proverbs 20th. I do that also with Psalms and something fairly new that I've started. Like today is what? Today is, well, I have no idea what today. Let's say today is July 20th. It is. And so I go ahead. You're hearing this July 26th, I think, but... I go ahead and I read Proverbs 20 and I also read Psalm 20. And then because there's 150 Psalms, I have to read the next 30 and the next 30. So I read Psalm 20, I read Psalm 50, I read Psalm 80, I read Psalm 110, and I read Psalm 140. And so there's six chapters in the Bible that you get to read every day. It's fairly simple. Takes me anywhere from 10 to 20 minutes. And today in Psalm 50, verse 22, terrible scripture, but we need to hear this. 
This is what God spoke to Israel, and he's speaking it to us today, too. Don't don't ever think for a minute when God is speaking to Israel, there is not a message in there for us. It says that the law is our schoolmaster. It said that this was a type and a shadow for us in the church today. It's important that we learn these because they're the warnings and the, the dangers, the pitfalls, and the blessings and the rewards that were given to Israel that apply to America, too. Psalm 50, verse 22. Consider this, you who forget God or I will tear you to pieces and there'll be no one to rescue you. Ouch. That doesn't sound like the God of love, Ron. Oh, that's the same God of love in the New Testament, folks. It's just that when we reject him, there's a penalty to pay. Whether you lived in the Old Testament, whether you live in the New Testament, whether you lived during the tribulation, when you lived during the millennial reign of Christ, there is a judgment on sin. You have got to understand that. I want you to consider this, God says. You who forget God. Have we forgotten God in America? What do you think? You know, the, the government has closed a lot of our churches. I'd say half of them are open, half of them aren't are open. I thank the Lord my church is open. And yet we have forgotten God by the way that we act. God's not an idiot. He's not a fool. He knows what's going on. He knows our hearts. You don't want to be classified in the category of those who forget God. So I would say to you today, lest the Lord God himself tear you in pieces, I would give you that warning consider. You know, we don't talk about the God that tears you in pieces. We've we've remade God in our image, you know. I want to try a different tact of getting through to people in America. We've told them that God loves them. We've given them that over and over. That has replaced any truth of the gospel. We've just made the simple gospel. We've remade the gospel to three words. God loves you. I'm sorry. That is not the gospel. That is part of the gospel. But there's so much more. And even that God loves you aspect of it, we have counterfeited it. We've whitewashed it. We've watered it down so that the love of God is no longer the biblical love of God. It's man's idea of what love should look like. It's man's idea of how God should love us. And that's gotten us nowhere. Don't forget, we've rejected God wholesale in America. The world by its actions bear witness to that. The church by its inactions bear witness to that. You know, America is in a very precarious position with God right now. And the church is in a very precarious position in America. And something has to be done. We've preached God loves you. God wants to bless you. God is for you. God's got your picture on his refrigerator. And that doesn't seem to be doing anything. So let's try the other side of that coin. Let's talk about scriptures like that one I just gave you, that when you forget God, God promises to tear you in pieces. That's not good news. People say, well, you can't use fear to drive people to God. I can use anything I want if it works. I don't want anybody going to hell. I don't want the homosexual to wind up in hell because I was too scared to tell him that his homosexuality is a manifestation that he doesn't know God. I don't want the pornographer to wind up in hell because I was too scared to tell him that your sin is a manifestation that you don't know who God is. But, hallelujah, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. All things become new. There is an opportunity to live triumphantly in freedom when you know God. And I will not be intimidated by people who would threaten us, who would try to um, scare us that, oh, no, we're this group. We're going to classify you as a hater. You're going to get blocked on Facebook, man. You're going to be outed. You're going to be criticized. That's okay. That's part of the persecution that God said was going to come. I want to give you this number. George Barner, he's a Christian, um, what's the word, surveyor? No, pollster. That's a good word. 
and he's got some stuff out here that's very important. And you don't think that America's rejected God. Well, let's look at that. Back in 1995, 12% of the population in America, that's roughly one in 10, uh, maybe one in eight, 12% had a biblical worldview in America. That was 15 years ago. In 2020, today, that number has dropped to 6%. That means one in 16 people in America look at the world through the eyes of the Bible. Now, that should get your attention because if only one in 16 people are looking at the world through the eyes of the Bible, how many Christians do you think that are? Does that To me, that means that, okay, one in 16 people <laughs> are only Christians. The number of Christianity is down to 6%. Now, I doubt that your salvation hinges on whether you look at the world through the eyes of God. But it should. That's evidence that you don't know God. That's evidence that you don't know God's word. And once again, I give that to you to show you why I think that God has removed his hand of protection from our nation. Look at this. Um, Wow. Part of the blame goes to the ministers since only half of the senior pastors in America have a biblical worldview. So if you go to church... Maybe your pastor does look at the world through the eyes of the Bible. Maybe he doesn't. One in two. These are the people that are training you. And so we need to get back to the Bible because, and I don't need my pastor to train me. I appreciate that he does. But I'm a Christian. I can read the Bible. I have the Holy Spirit. He can give me revelation knowledge. I don't need to um, rely on somebody else for my, my spiritual walk, although I thank the Lord for the way he set it up, bringing the fivefold ministry in there to watch over me. But we have a problem in America. We're not preaching the true gospel anymore. The Bible says there's only one way to get saved. Only one way to get saved. It's in Romans. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, because the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is the power of God unto salvation. God loves you is not the power of God unto salvation. It's an aspect of the gospel, but that alone does not get you saved. The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ calls man out for his sin, challenges him that he is apart from God because of that sin. The Holy Spirit of God gets him to consider what is being said. He convicts him of that sin. And then the offer of salvation through the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ is made. That only happens in one place. The preaching of the gospel The power of salvation is not where we think it is. It's not in me telling you nice stories for 20 minutes and then giving you a 60-second altar call. That is not transformation. And once again, in a nation that's turned its back on God, where we have rejected God and God's counter. Don't forget, we decide how God treats us. We read the Word of God. We either believe it or we don't. If we believe the Word of God, then we conform our will to His will, and we walk in the blessings and the favor of God. But when we reject what He has told us to do, we come under the judgments of God, and we run the risk of what? Uh, God tearing us to pieces. I can't believe I'm reading that to you, but that's the Bible, man. you got to understand that. When we come to the foot of the cross, when we hear the gospel, and we come to the foot of the cross, mm, we get saved. And Jesus Christ becomes our Savior. What a glorious moment. What a miracle of God. When we come to the foot of the cross, we believe the gospel, we repent, we receive him into our lives. Jesus Christ becomes our Savior. Hallelujah. Praise God. But that's only the starting point. 
Remember, Jesus, why are you calling me Lord and you're not doing the things I've called you to do? Lordship doesn't begin until we ourselves then get on that cross with him and we begin to die daily, like Paul says, to this world and its appetites. We come to the foot of the cross, we meet Christ as our Savior. We get on the cross and we get to know him as our Lord. It's a totally different dynamic. I believe it's the difference between life and death. I believe it's the difference between salvation for America and destruction for America. I believe it's the difference between the church being quiet and silent and inactive and the church being radically on fire, fearless in front of the assaults of mankind, serving God, spirit, soul, and body for his glory. Matthew sixteen twenty five, Whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake will save it. There it is right there. Paul, I protest by your rejoicing, which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord. I die daily. We're going to have to do that, folks, in order to get America, in order to rescue America. Well, I don't know what's left for America. It doesn't look promising. Um, and I'm looking at the Word of God. I'm not talking about the five cents realm, the stuff that looks, that looks horrendous. I'm talking about the Word of God. And the Word of God right now says we are in a time of judgment on our nation. The Word of God says you have rejected me. You have said no to the offer of my salvation through my son. You have said no to my laws. You have said no to my leadership. You have said no to my lordship. And that has if that bears a penalty, guys, and we're living that out today in measure by looking at our freedoms being robbed from us, by looking at us falling for every lie that comes out of the politicians and the media. You are looking at that, and we have to do something about it. That's why we're doing this show. I'm letting you know that status quo is not going to cut it. The Bible talks about that the church, the church of the living God is the pillar and the ground of truth. We owe you the truth in the body of Christ. We don't bow down when man says bow down. We obey the Holy Spirit of God. If, if that gets us in trouble, that gets us in trouble. I'm not going to make apologies for it. Here's another danger. We could come to the place where God tells us to quit praying for America. Look at this. Jeremiah seven sixteen twenty one in the Living Bible. This is God talking to Jeremiah, the one who's supposed to be warning them. Look at what God says. Pray no more for these people, Jeremiah, neither weep for them, nor pray, nor beg that I should help them, for I will not listen. Don't you see what they are doing throughout the cities of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem? No wonder my anger is great, saith the Lord. Watch how the children gather wood and the fathers build fires and the women knead dough and make cakes to offer to the queen of heaven and to their other idol gods. Here in America, we sacrifice our children to Molech. Back to the scripture. Am I the one that they are hurting? Asked the Lord. Most of all, they hurt themselves to their own shame. And that's what America is doing. Sorry. We have hurt ourselves to our own shame. And we are walking and we don't even know that we're in shame. America has no shame anymore. So the Lord God says, I will pour out my anger. Yes, my fury I will pour out on this place, people. Animals, trees, and plants will be consumed by the unquenchable fire of my anger. You know, back in the day, Israel had intercessors. They had Moses who stood before them. Remember, God was ready to destroy them. And Moses said, no, no, no. What are the nations going to say, Father? Are you the God that brings them here to destroy them in the wilderness? No, we can't let the nation say that. And God repented of his anger. And then we see Daniel also. Daniel interceded and he took on the sins of his people. 
when he prayed, he says, Father God, we. And he, even though Daniel, nothing negative is said about Daniel in the Bible, even though Daniel did not partake of the sins of Israel, he took on him as an intercessor the sins of that nation. He interceded for that nation. He had a heart for the return of Israel. We need to raise up intercessors, people that will stand in the gap for our nation. I mean it. You know, if you have a church, you need to get involved in their intercessory prayer group. You must. If they don't have a prayer group, you go to the pastor, say, God has burdened me. I want to pray for this church. I want to pray for this nation. I want to stand in the gap for our country. And you do what you're supposed to do. I'm telling you, America needs repentance, but it won't come without a um, spirit of prayer being restored in our churches. We must. To me, that is the highest calling that you can have in a church, being an intercessor for your pastor, an intercessor for the sheep that your pastor is shepherding. Well, I hope I have inspired you somewhat. There's another scripture, Jeremiah 14, 11, uh, where God tells Jeremiah, the Lord told me again, don't ask me anymore to bless this people. Don't pray for them anymore. America's right here. I mean, uh, I, I do not have a commandment from God to quit praying. And as long as I don't, I'm not going to quit praying. So I encourage you guys, get in your Bible, get in your prayer room, join the prayer group, and come back and listen to us next week. I am Ron Guy. These are End Time Insights. God bless you. Thank you for joining us for End Time Insights with Ron Geyer. Listen again next Sunday night at 8 on 100.7 The Word, where faith comes by hearing. You can also listen to the podcast of this program by going to kkht.com. If you would like to contact Ron, email him at gospelguy at comcast.net.